0: welcome to dug too deep the officially unofficial podcast for the lord of the rings the rings of power on amazon prime i'm jim and i'm your elf aaron dork (laughs) and this is the season one episode five partings podcast uh aaron how (laughs) Our, our resident uh dork how are you feeling about this episode
1: I like this episode. I will say that, like, if we were playing the old game of who won the week between Hot D and T-Rop, that Hot D would probably be winning pretty consistently week over week, except for maybe the first two. When he had the first two going against the second Hot D episode. Um, But one thing Hot D wishes it had is the chemistry and humor of Adurin and Elrond or Mm. just everything that's going on with Nori and the Harfoots. Uh, that is consistently delightful and entertaining uh, and I like it a lot and the Numenorian stuff still I think it's getting better Um, it still struggles to like hold me the the exact same way but I thought Galadriel had a pretty good fight scene this week um I really liked seeing the Numenorians in their full battle dress. I kind of I'm starting to really take a shine to this Farazon, Farazon guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's like this this kind of schemer politician type that I really like in these fantasy <laughs> medieval settings. Uh, so I think this um, other than the first two episodes, which I thought were amazing uh, introductions, I thought this is like the probably the second. This is the, the second best episode. Again, not counting the first two or I
0: guess counting the first two as one um, oh. that I've seen. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, I think like tonally, these two shows could not be any different, right? I mean, the comparisons are natural. They came out at the same time. They're in the fantasy genre. Um, yeah. And they're two of the, the highest profile fantasy uh, properties in the world, so. Yeah, J.R.R. versus G.R.R. Uh-huh. There's even the, the similar uh, naming there. So, like, yeah, I I don't know. I personally, my flavor is more House of the Dragon. I know that's not true of everyone, but I have been enjoying Rings of the Power. I uh, The Rings of Power, I will say, I aside from a couple of very bright spots, I really like Durin. I really like Elrond, their whole thing. I really like the Harfoots. I think, yes, the fight scene, like you said, with Galadriel is very good. Um, I think this is a very clunky Really? A. Yeah, from a storytelling perspective, I found it bizarre in some of its choices. Um, okay, specifically in the way that it glosses over a lot of what I viewed as very important connecting scenes that that just never happen in this episode, like the queen. It, and maybe it's because it would have been a bit redundant, but the queen being forced to make a decision about whether to proceed, given her father's warning and the terrorism that happens and destroys half their boats. That to me was like a big, hey Queen, you have to now reassert whether you want to do this or not. And they just never show the scene. They never show the scene where she makes the decision.
1: Yeah, like literally, Halberd grabs his sack, which uh-huh. I loved it. Like I was just like, this <laughs> is just his testicles, up. right? Yep. You know his his uh, his motivating will. Like he yeah, he sacks up and and gets a banger of his speech. They find him some copper armor, and now he's the king in the south. I. Yeah, I guess uh, you're right, They, because I, I was expecting some kind of like, you know, counterpart to the Queen's rah-rah speech where like her and Galadriel and Halbrand yeah. are all singing the same song and really get people behind them. Um, but now they just they're just uh, going off.
0: Yeah, it seems like Halbrand was what it all hinged on. And I guess that's okay, but I don't think they really spelled that out very well. Um, it's very but- tenacious D. This is not
1: the greatest political speech you've ever heard. No, <laughs> this is just a tribute. Yeah.
0: Oh, speaking of bad political speeches, this, this episode is a tale of two speeches, one given by Bronwyn, which I think is the least inspiring speech I've ever heard. <laughs> and yeah. the other given by Aaron Deer to Theo, which I think is one of the greatest like simplest, most concise, inspiring speeches I've ever heard. And it's beautiful. So like I'm torn on how I feel about the speeches and the dialogue in the show. This is have like
1: some excellent, like I was, I, there is some very stirring motivational dialogue. Like I was really mm-hmm. moved by guilt, what Gil Glad says about hope being the, yeah, uh, the first of the senses to awaken. It's the first one with its eyes open, the last one to shut its eyes. Um, I thought some of that stuff was good. It reminds me, honestly, this show reminds me a lot of foundation where okay. there are some really good big ideas, some really amazing visuals. There is some struggles like connecting everything and making all of the stuff as equally interesting and compelling, you know, because famously foundation like sword whenever you're doing Trantor and all the clone dynasty. And then when you went to uh, what was the Terminus? Uh, the Terminus mm-hmm. plot kind of like, you know, lagged behind that quite a bit. I feel like they're struggling with that stuff, too. And and I'm very, you know, again, I love Foundation, but it did have some 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 room to grow. And I think mm-hmm. five episodes in, I can say the same about T-Rop already like that. Yeah. If they've got Fair. if they can keep where they're at here and just tighten things up a little bit going into the next season, I think they'll have a real banger on their hands.
0: Yeah, and I know it's hard to write this show. Um, there's a lot going on and you're dealing with epic scenarios and grand themes and like writing all that into grounded, believable characters and dialogue. And the tough. hardcore
1: fans are always there with knives out, ready so to carve and slice. You, yeah, to, for yeah. Sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, not an easy task, but I will say, I, I think they're doing an okay job with it. I'd like to see them improve come second half of the season or maybe second season. Um, yeah. I think there's another instance I'm not going to go through all of my grievances with this episode here. We can talk about them later. But the other instance that is a lot like this, where they just skip a scene that I think is vital, um, is where Isildur goes from being the guy who's not going to get to go on the voyage to the guy who saves a life and is suddenly on the voyage. I, I think I understand maybe why that happened, but I need that scene to connect the dots between saving Farazone's son and being included on the voyage especially since
1: isildur knows he
0: committed arson
1: that blew up two ships
0: like yeah i just need a scene of him very quickly saying like going to Fairzone coming to him saying thank you for saving my son's life if there's anything you need and isildur going actually
1: but what what does isildur just sit on this information that the, the, the Fairzone's kid tried to blow up the ships like that's the thing Apparently. that like he's just like i'm because cool he was a with stowaway, being away
0: right Cause, cause he would have gotten right oh, out.
1: I, then Iseldor's says, I'm fuck Isildur. I, I am, <laughs> I am, I am all, all, how you be all in on being all out of somebody. Because I think right, Iseldor right. is just a piece of shit on this show. I hate him. Like I think I, his friends need to ditch him. They're cooler. It, it, yes. Honestly, I, I, the son of Dwayne DeRock Johnson. He's new Iseldor. <laughs> just make, I, he's the,
0: he's the king I want to follow. I do really like him. Um, And I like how he, he was quick to forgive but not forget the guy's sins, right? Like he said, you're still probably my best friend even though you've done this terrible thing, but yeah. I can't include you on this mission because I, you're a wild card. You're yeah, the Charlie Yeah, you're a flippity here. jibbit. Yeah. Yeah, you might just check out at a vital time when we need you. No, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's all great, but like I needed that connective scene and I okay. don't feel like they did either of those connective scenes, which were pretty much vital to understanding the story.
1: I did uh, in in, in uh, beautiful Lord of the Rings uh, rings of power moments. I thought the myth that they've kind of weaved exclusively for this show about how um, Mithril. Was developed like this epic oh, Titanic yeah. struggle between a Balrog trying to eliminate the last light of symbols versus an elf, powerful elf Lord trying to maintain it. And then a lightning strike. And the way they envisioned all that stuff was fucking epic. I loved hmm. it. Um It's another insight. I don't know what, uh, what John and the, the, like I said, the fans that are, that are really up on this stuff. Think about them, you know, changing kind of like a little bit of middle earth history, but I thought that was cool. And it's a neat, As far as I know, they never explain how we get this like fantastic metal and where it goes and all that kind of stuff. And like, I thought this was a nice Mm -hmm. fantasy, you know, like it's as it's as pure as
0: light and as unyielding as evil. Like that's that's fucking cool. Yeah, no, I I like that origin story for Mithril. It's cool. Um, And yeah, a lot of the other stuff in this episode I really enjoyed. So on balance, it's like an okay episode that could have been tightened up a bit. All right. But maybe we should get into the details because I do have one other big complaint and it's maybe the biggest complaint, (laughs) but we'll get there. All right. We start off with Nori telling Meteor Man about the Harfoot migration patterns and how dangerous that trip is. And Meteor Man thinks he might be a danger, but Nori says, "Nah, you're good. You're good. And then they begin the migration as Poppy sings to them.
1: Great scene. This gives me a lot like one of my favorite animated films of all time, The Iron Giant. And this mm-hmm. plot is essentially the Iron Giant. A stranger from the sky has come down. He's so much huger than the protagonists. Um, but he also has got this like childlike innocence, obvious great power. And it's going to be, you know, whether he was fashioned as a weapon or something to save, it's going to be up to him to make that choice. And I when I realize like, oh, this is this, this is just essentially the iron giant, I'm like, this, this could work. This could work really well. I will say that they really painted the meteor man in a lot darker of a palette uh,
0: this this episode. <laughs> they're doing a great job keeping me up in the air on whether this guy is evil or good. Dude, I again, this they're, they're firing on all
1: cylinders with the Harfoots here and mm. I've thought some of the songs have been, eh, some of the songs have been mmm. This uh, walking song by Poppy's Mom, uh, which I think you're supposed to understand, she's one of the Harfoots that got left behind. She's one of the reasons that Poppy was bawling about that. Uh, like she's reluctantly to sing it, but she starts and I think she had a pretty voice and this is a great song. Like Mm -hmm. I fucking love this song. Um, you know, I've traded all I've known for the unknown road ahead. My strength tells me no, but the path demands. Yes. Like I, this is a really good song about perseverance and overcoming and not giving up. And it's, it's, it's a nice tune too. I could see a singing that I could see myself singing this on a hike
0: yeah no I really like this song I know Tolkien fans probably love this stuff right Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure this isn't well an actual song in the book but I have a confession
1: Every single time I've read the Lord of the Rings series and when I get to three pages of vitalics, I Uh fucking skip that shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I I have never I have never been like, I swear to God, the Council of Elrond out of its 75 pages of boardroom debate, probably 15 or italicized songs. And yeah, no, I so like I'm I'm not that Tolkien guy. I do, I do like this this song. I think it's is beautiful. I love again the stranger and Nori's chemistry is great. That guy, mm-hmm. it tickled me and t- t- my great thumb. That's hilarious, <laughs> Nori. Just her matter of fact way of talking about their migration. Like we go here and we snail. Why the snailin's good and oh yeah, snails. He likes the snails and mm-hmm.
0: um. I like the sentiment I that it. that she says you're good because you're here to help. And if that isn't like the ultimate definition of good versus sure. bad, I don't know what is. Like, are you here to help? Or are you here to get in the way and get your yeah. own? Because yeah. we don't need the latter. We need the former. Um, yeah, I really found that attractive. Um, and then we talked about this in the feedback podcast last week, mm-hmm. where we were wondering, like, OK, I, are they expecting us to believe that all these things are happening simultaneously? The timelines are stretched out on on the tower that the elves are building in a yeah. weird way, but you compressed here. They've spent, you know, now probably months hiking, right? So the, the timelines mm. are sort of evening out on all the different mm-hmm. uh, plot lines. So I, I don't know if that's something they're intentionally doing um, to kind of catch up to those other plot lines, but I see that happening. Uh, did you recognize the Gray Marshes location? Is, is this the place where Sam or Frodo almost gets sucked under?
1: Yeah, by the, the, the ghostly remains of the okay. elves and men that died in this battle long ago. Even though that was a battle long ago, that lies yet ahead of us uh, further on in the second age. So this is oh, just it's no longer it's not marsh. the dead marshes yet. It's just the gray marshes. It's recognizable. Okay. The same locations they are just 100 uh, percent less creepy corpses. Oh, that's cool. Uh, They're that there to Peter Jackson uh, into the water. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah, makes sense.
1: Because, again, this isn't Mordor yet. The Southlands haven't turned into hell on Middle Earth. So, like, all this is, like, more kind of pristine and innocent. The world has not been completely darkened uh, by the impact of Sauron yet. Nice. There's a lot more Rings of Power to ponder. We'll be back right after this short break. And
0: now, let's dig a little deeper on Dug Too Deep. Uh, there's a quick scene, quick couple of scenes here, actually. Um, first, <laughs> I don't know how to describe them. Some weirdos find the crater <laughs> where Meteor Man landed. I-, I think they're Swedish. I think they're a Swedish metal band. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They have, they have those darkened fingers, which I thought... The
1: darkened fingers—they're—they're they're, uh, very ambiguous in gender presentation. Uh-huh. Uh, they've got like the helms and and armor of a fair elf yep. battle uh, battalion, but there's something sinister. Mm-hmm. Are these uh, these are are these a Dars folk maybe?
0: I was wondering about that because we then cut right over to Adar. Um, but it doesn't wait, seem wait, like so what are they in the same location? But yeah,
1: what are they? Do, do, what are they doing? Do you think?
0: I, I, it seems to me they're trying to track down Meteor Man. They they're investigating to this crater. They just got there a little late.
1: Yeah, and and one of them was carrying this like. It looks like the shield that uh, Perseus used to kill uh, Medusa, Mm. where it's like mirrored on the front. It's got some kind of mirror finish. But on the reverse side, it's got that same star constellation pattern that the Meteor Man was obsessed with. I noticed that. So there's definitely a connection to Meteor Man. And to the extent that Meteor Man is good or evil, I think these people are definitely coded evil. Yeah. But again, was he trying to warn them about the star stuff or was he... I just don't know. Again, he's, he's a blank. He's like iron giant, like iron giant turns out was a weapon sent to earth to conquer, but he had other, I had other ideas along the way. So it's interesting to spoil that say a 20 year old cartoon
0: that they're coded evil. Because I think, I think I agree. Like they have very dour, uh, angry looking expressions. They have these darkened uh, evil looking hands, right? Um, which are very similar to what you see kinda of happening to Meteor Man later in the episode. As
1: he uses his power,
0: yeah. Right. Um but they're also wearing white and they're also wearing, like you said, elvish looking armor. I feel like they're keeping that pretty ambiguous too. So
1: Yeah. I could I didn't get a load of their ears. I, I couldn't really know. tell if they were, you know, pointy or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um yeah uh we'll see so, we'll see yeah. that' like I said this is a, a whole new faction as far as I could tell I, I I couldn't even tell you who these might these people might
0: belong to okay um then we cut over to adar who is informed that the tunnel they've been digging is complete he ponders the sun for a bit and then tells his servant to summon the legions he's literally trying to destroy the light literally.
1: Yeah, and as as John helped us to understand in, in one of the podcasts he joined us on that uh, the sun and the moon are fruits of the great trees of Alinor that used to provide the light. So this is yeah. the last remaining bits of that divine light. And he's out to fucking poison it. Um, and he's kind of like he's it's also because he's interesting character because he's he's basking in the light in contrast to his orc servants who are b- b- <laughs> who are b- broasting in the light mm-hmm. uh, and he's even saying that like this is going to cost me something like I'm out to kill this light but also I'm going to miss the sensation of appreciating this warmth Yeah, uh, like I got to kill the last little bit of evil in me it's a fascinating guy I have no idea what they're what they're going f- w- with here and yeah. why let me ask you this why is the tunnel complete now? What does that mean? Do mean? The tunnel is complete.
0: They, the tunnel to where? To, I assume they were because they're doing a lot
1: of open air travel at the end of this episode. Where if the sun comes up and they haven't taken that tower, there's going to be a
0: orc fricassee. Yeah, I was assuming they were digging to Oss Os Tirith. Is that the name of this place? Yeah, the Eastern
1: Tower. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, the Southern they were Tower. There right. Following the trail, you know, of Theo and his hilt, but i could be wrong yeah, i mean I, did, I think that it. clearly
1: they were they were they were tunneling through the villages so they could search uh, and, and find that the uh, sword buried mm-hmm. but now it's like the tunnel is complete but like i don't i don't know what they were tunneling to or around because it seems like again they're doing a lot of open air travel um maybe yeah. they think they can get all this thing done by nightfall who knows we'll see I suppose
0: uh all right bronwyn up in the tower does what I would consider just a piss-poor job of inspiring her people to stand and fight against Adar, and Waldrig does a better job of convincing them to bend the knee <laughs> to Adar to survive. Uh-huh. Uh, he fails to convince Theo, though. I Is this the weakest speech anyone I've ever seen anyone get behind? Yeah, she's like, you know what? Uh, someone you don't know mm-hmm.
1: is coming in and saying, you gotta bend the knee, we're gonna kick your ass in, and these elves we all hate... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna throw in it there a lot and stand and fight. It's important to stand and fight. Will you stand and fight with me? It's like you're our pharmacist. It's like it's like if the you know <laughs> like a bud, like a bud tender from your local dispensary all of a sudden said you know come and fight with me. It's like I don't
0: know. Mm-hmm. Um, and to then the other guy, like, the way she describes it is like we can take this tower and turn it from a symbol of oppression to a symbol of strength. And I'm like. Is that a, a is that a thing that is going to inspire people to fight with you? Maybe give them personal yeah. stakes. Maybe say like, also, if how we don't, much you're all going to die, <laughs> all that stuff.
1: Symbol of strength, one thing. How much food's left in that wheelbarrow? Huh?
0: <laughs> how huh? strong are we going to be when the I... rabbits run out? Yeah.
1: yeah, when we pass out from like low blood sugar. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, And then like, yeah, this uh, butcher baker candlestick maker steps up and <laughs> it's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Fuck all what she says. We're we are at our core evil people who follow evil other evil people.
0: So <laughs> Everybody's and, like, yeah, yeah, maybe we and, are. And then like, evil. you know,
1: you can say our ancestors were bad people and you can say they're wicked people and you can say they did child sacrifice and followed Morgoth, the evil and fed the, the trees of the Valinor, the uncle. Goliath, but you know what you can't say about them? They weren't survivors, huh? (laughs) Huh? They lived, and then the people are like, "Fuck yeah!" And he takes takes half of them with him.
0: No one, no one has ever been evil. People do not consider themselves evil. Like you're not going to inspire somebody to be evil by saying, "Hey, you're evil already. Let's be evil together."
1: Yeah. But that's, like being a survivor, a you know, yes, like, hey, we sur- this is the way we survived before and we'll survive again. And yet we're going to face certain death if we've fa- I mean, yeah, it, the charms, I can see the charms of living versus dying.
0: <laughs> no, obviously. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, let me ask you this. I thought that uh, the butcher baker candlestick maker made a truly piss poor attempt to recruit Theo, knowing yeah. that he has this sort of power mm-hmm. that is the linchpin to the enemy's plan uh, I thought he would make a much bigger play for that or try to get the kid to give it to him or something, but it's kind of like Theo, this is our chance, Theo, you and me sword bros. No, Theo The It felt like that guy yeah. uh that always shows up at shooter McGavin's things like you know, <laughs> hey can we go to Sizzler later Theo? I'll, I'll save you a table. Sure. It's like uh no I is is weird. It's weird because Theo seems so important and yet he's gonna stay here and I guess I'm yeah. glad that Theo is not going to turn evil. I was really worried last episode that we're going to see him twisted into some kind of dark thing. Especially uh, when they
0: leave this scene with, you know, him, him not having made a decision yet. Yeah. 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 We don't see him go, but we don't see him say, no, I'm not going either. So I was worried. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, I think Walter just like hoped theo would get caught up in the momentum of the crowd right? <laughs> the just, evil and all the evil talk yeah yeah or or like see all these people following him and be like uh yeah but i mean is he really gonna abandon his mom to go hang out with this guy who yeah. like kind of weirded him out the last time they talked no yeah
1: um, I do wonder if they'd have done a better if they could have done a better job with like a Waldred kind of really leaning on the tradition and uh, forefathers angle and, and like not that they're evil. It's like, you know, that there's been, you know, uh, our old ways have been lied and slandered and you've got your heads twisted up by these knife eared fucks. And yes, mm-hmm. I am using slurs on this podcast, and that you know that you're you're gonna let this woman talk you into dying when we could regain our strength and our pride again.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. that's that's honestly how you, it's really easy. It, you know that's a that's an ef- a time tr- uh, proven effective way. To as, as a populist to to gain uh, uh, sway over an oppressed people, to like, you know, hearken back to your imagined former greatness and sure. say, we can go back and recapture that if only you will listen to this and follow this strong, strong person. So mm-hmm. uh, I felt like they could have done a better job, but it, it wasn't terrible. And again, Bronwyn didn't make it easy or hard for him.
0: No, with he her, her speech. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go over to. The Numenorian ships being prepared for their voyage to Middle Earth and Isildur asks his dad to get him a spot on the boats and he refuses. I mean, Isildur's just a spoiled, entitled shit. Yeah. No. Uh, v- 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 what's his name? Vill, Villamore. I forget his friend's name. Uh, the yeah, one that I'm calling
1: write. Dwayne the Rock Johnson Jr.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. D, D, DTRJ Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Um. First of all, I gotta say that I, I
1: in in the uh, establishing shot, they're getting the fleet ready for war, and there's conspicuously in the background a ho- a miserable looking horse, yeah, that's being loaded into the cargo bay, just like in the sling. He's kind of hanging there with his head all dejected. He's very it's a living kind of. I I I, I, yeah. <laughs> I want to say that's probably Barrack, right? Um, I think so. uh-huh. But, but yeah, like ilandil has got him dead to rights. He's like, oh, come on, dad. Load me into the front of the line. Pull some strings for me. He's like, what's your qualifications? I'm sorry. Did you pass a sea guard? Are you in the merchant's guild? Are you in the horse guild? And that point where that point he made was powerful. It's like, while you've been feigning fidelity to traditions of our people, mm-hmm. these men here getting on the boat, they've been living them. They've been yeah. finding ways to contribute and serve and not fucking shit up for everybody else. Mm hmm. Um and yeah, like you know the whole thing's like I you thought you to wanted help, to go west or? well now I know he's like this this fucking enthusiast man yeah uh yeah I it's yeah he's like the loudest guy at the political rally and the first one to sh- the to take off once the hard work starts you know like yep. that's like that seems to be the character they're pointing at Isildur and it's not an
0: attractive portrait no for sure um, I'm liking him less and less as time goes on here.
1: I kind of they're wondering because like maybe we're supposed to understand that he's a bit of a shit because he's a bit of a shit in the movies, too. Like, you know, uh, Elrond's like, come on, throw this ring in. We're right here. And, you know, like uh, John pointed out in the Warhounds in the books, he's a lot more measured of like. You know, not no, I'm going to use it for evil, but like you know, we I fought, and my dad, and my brother died, and I this is I'm taking this as a a guild This is this is for Curious. them, you know, kind of thing. Oh, but okay. he's in 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 the, in the movies. He's more of just like, no, I'm going to keep it and be my own dark I wonder if they're kind of setting the seeds up for that. You know, they're like, yeah. yeah, maybe he f- follows his dad and all this kind of stuff, but like, there's something kind of rotten and vain and weak in Isildur's cult, the core. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I'm getting.
0: Because I'm definitely feeling it. Yeah.
1: He's not fundamentally a good or honest person. And I'll make that argument further l- later on.
0: Okay. Uh, let's go over to Farazhan, uh being berated for supporting the queen by, by crowds, just throngs of people yelling at him. Ayarian uh, tells his son, Kemen, to go get him to change his mind. Which doesn't seem like it's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I figured this is what would happen, right? These Numenorians, especially the Builder's Guild, would not uh, be okay with the choice he's made to back the Queen's decision to go to Middle-earth. Uh, and I'm happy to see that that is playing out pretty much like you would expect. Yeah. Uh, the The question I have, though, Iarian, um I guess I didn't think that she would get caught up in all this because she is related who she's related to but Mm -hmm. I suppose she is her own person as well and she's part of the Builders Guild Mm. which means she might have a lot of people in her ear um, telling her things right right
1: yeah these fucking immortal hardworking never stopping elves are going to come and build all our buildings and we'll be out of her guild yeah, I, I did think it was a little bit of a hairpin turn on her character because I just assumed that they never established that. I mean, I That's guess she's thing. always it's been skeptical of, of the going West, but as we've mentioned time, I think they've made a little bit of a mess at determining what the hell Isildur is trying to get to on the West. And it, I don't know why they're being
0: so coy about it. You yeah, know, come well, I think it's say, shame on me for assuming things about her. Really? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think... We've been given enough information to to know what side she would take on this, and I was assuming what side she would take on it,
1: yeah, no, I but I think it's a fair assumption. It's like you know when you start watching family ties and you you know, uh, oh, they're his uh, you know Alex P. Keaton's uh family are his mom and dad are hippies and he's as arch conservative. It's like, that's uh-huh. unusual. Like, I think yeah. it's fair to say that usually kids kind of follow until they get to be their own people. They kind of get kind of follow the politics and the way they're they're raised. So, like, it's a fair assumption. It's mm-hmm. not like she was ever like, fuck this elf lady or like recoiling from her. I, I, sure, I did. Sure. I was a little surprised at how. I don't think they did a very good job of showing. Maybe it's just that she's like, she doesn't feel any particular way about elves, but like, why the hell are we mobilizing for war? Mm-hmm. Like that's and, and it's sudden, an, and sudden response. Yeah. It's an extreme response for a crisis that we just found out about that. Yeah. But they're, they're making her more of kind of like, um, I don't know. Maybe they are doing a good job of that. Um, I just thought it, it, it confused me. Cause I, with you, I'm with you. I kind of assumed that she would be, you
0: yeah. know, house L friend, you know, right. Took me best price. Um, and she tells, you know, Kemen to speak louder because his father doesn't listen to him, which he's going to do with terrorism, I guess. Um, yeah. But we'll get there. H- Harren smiths a fancy blade and then he's taken to the queen and questioned about where they're going to find the enemy. And he tells him. And then Galadriel lies about his willingness to join them on the journey. And he tells her he's not going
1: Rips his own sack off, slaps it on the table. Damn. Damn, he's committed.
0: I, I'm um, so glad they didn't just have Halberd go along with this. This would have been so against his character motivations. Yeah. I, it, when, he, when he doesn't object, like he starts to object and then Gladriel shuts him down and then he doesn't like re-object. I'm like, oh no, he's just, yeah. he's just going to betray everything he's been saying for the last four episodes and go along with this. But no, it takes a lot more than that. They also... Answered
1: a question that I didn't particularly have. I didn't think it was that hard to deduce where Gladriel might go, um, but like the fact that Halbrand had betrayed her for a guild badge. I am kind of surprised that Halprid forges a first-rate sword. Like, it this isn't, like, like, something that they churn out an Orthanc for the orcs, like some kind of rough-hewn piece of wrought iron. Hmm. This is a, like, yeah, man, you can see a high elf lord wielding this blade, or, this you know, one of the high kings of Numenor. It. Yeah, there's, like, yeah. runes and all kinds of stuff. It's it's beautiful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I guess that's what he did.
0: It still needs a hilt. Back when he was in the South I think large. I know where he can find a hilt that's not being Uh, used at the moment.
1: (laughs) Oh, shit. Do you think that's going to tie in?
0: I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I doubt it. I don't think he takes this blade with him. I think this is just to show Hmm. he is a very qualified blacksmith.
1: I like Queen Muriel finding out that Galadriel's been writing checks that she can't quite cash and is expressing alarm that you know Mm she's said, I got the southern king and he's going to like lead his people and uh, Halbrun's like, I'm a what doing who now? Uh... (laughs) Yeah, totally. yeah, five five ships and five hundred men.
0: That doesn't um, seem like much at all, really. For the battle they are that I think they're facing. Okay, like if okay.
1: Numenorians are worth like probably five other men, and Gladriel seems to be worth fifty. So Fair. that's like sending you know what five thousand. Uh, and I or, bet
0: Halbrand's going to be worth. Quite a few more too. it seems skills. like he's
1: just a notch above being your your normal you're not your, your normal southerner your so- oh, yeah. southerner. Sorry. <laughs> I wish I wish they I you know what they should have made the Southlanders speak an exaggerated drawl. Mm-hmm. Fuck fuck the King's English. They should have been talking like uh, for they're from Harlan County, Justified. Sure. You know.
0: Yeah, nobody would take offense to that. Mm-mm. I wouldn't. All right, let's go back to the Harfoots. During the migration, they run into wolves, and Meteor Man saves them. Wargs. What? Wait, they say wolves, though, right?
1: Well, they say wolves, but these are definitely wargs. These are like super wolves. Those are the oh, you're right, twisted right. hyena looking things that the that the orcs ride in the movies. But it wasn't, uh, but it
0: wasn't the same as the warg that we saw over on the orc side of things. Didn't look. I bad think
1: so. Anything. I think they're literally the same. I think I think they are. I think you're supposed to understand they're the same. But uh, I don't know. Maybe
0: maybe they're maybe they're more werewolves. I don't know. Um, Anyway, we we find out the woods are more bare than usual. There's some some dark influence and absolutely fuck this lady who says take their wheels and leave them. It's like I'm a boy. I'm really having a hard time sympathizing with her. Well, I mean, that, that's she's n- jumping it's not to conclusions. My God, yeah. she's jumping to conclusions and saying we should abandon this entire family and kill them. We should murder this family because I think yeah. there's something evil happening here.
1: Yeah, I mean that's, uh, you know, that, that checks out with these. Uh, I feel like I feel like hobbits are kind of like reactionary uh, as, as a whole. So it kind of makes sense. The Harfoots mm-hmm. would be too. Yeah, and, um, well, yeah but makes no, sense f- to hate fuck that. her. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, uh, I I love the meteor man coming in like John Cena, choke slamming this warg, and then he does a, hits him with a, a a sonic boom, essentially. Yeah. Um and the thing you're sort of supposed to understand is like this power uh seems to have affected him. His hand is now like mm-hmm. blighted somehow, the one that he uses to strike out with all this power. Uh also Nori's a badass man. She was, I think, going to take that stick and try to hold off these war uh, from the these the ladies trying to kill him and her best friend Poppy. Yeah, I thought that was cool. It reminded them standing in this cops of trees reminded me of that, like the pilot episode of uh, Lost, where they're trying to get away from the polar bear inside that stand of trees. You know, I was like wondering oh, if they're going to sure. do some kind of last stand like that. But uh
0: meteor yeah. Man comes in <laughs>
1: and
0: sorts all their hashes. Blast those wolves. Uh, the lady's eating her words now, I bet. She's not so keen to literally I mean, yeah, guy. the
1: next scene, yeah. they're like, everybody can't stop talking about how awesome you are, meteor, man. You're so cool. Mm hmm.
0: <laughs> so good to see a little come up there. Um let's go over back over to Galadriel, who demonstrates how to fight orcs by fighting the trainees uh, and Valendil Va- i That's the friend of Isolore. Dwayne is made, the Rock Johnson, Jr. Yes. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Jr. is made a lieutenant for scoring a point on her uh i'm sorry you mispronounced
1: that it's left tenant
0: left tenant i'm never gonna say it that way (laughs) i can't i can't bring myself to do it did he actually the way they describe it is if you score flesh i only saw him score dress Mm, i saw no blood come out of that cut or even seep into the dress she's wearing i don't think that was flesh I, i think she got maybe a scratch I think this is a fake lieutenant. Th- this is uh, a fraudulent lieutenant. I
1: did like this. I, I like how Gladra, because we've talked to, like, I yeah, I don't know about her handing, like, six Numenorian warriors in full plate armor and the sword strapped, all that, their asses, but, like, her doing these raw recruits like this. And she's, like, yeah. it's like a, a joy yeah. on her face. She's genuinely enjoying her, uh, herself kicking these kids' asses. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like jackie chan in the new karate kid movie he's just like ah, fuck yeah, yeah. it's fun to fight 14 and 15 year olds just be bullied the
0: shit out of them except these kids uh, are like
1: six years older than the kids jackie chan that's just true to, that's but true but and they have swords in their hands still pretty um, good
0: I, I will also say i am super happy to see someone espousing my preferred strategy for both uh killing orcs and anyone else that you might uh not want to survive stab twist and rip that's mm-hmm. the standard. You stab, you rip, twist, rip and tear, and you rip. Yeah, yeah. That'll get the job done. Uh, I will be a lot, interested in of to see fighting how with your fight. feet.
1: I, I would use your hands, but you know, feet work too. But like the idea that like you know, she is just kind of whirling dervish. She's just uh, yes. always moving, not able to be pinned down, using the groups of enemies against. I thought it's a pretty well choreographed fight, to be honest.
0: I did too. Perhaps the best choreographed fight yet.
1: Might be. There was none of the, like, kind of crazy elf shit, and it's just, like, she was just, yeah, she was just, and she's a, a warrior woman uh, with a song on her heart, kicking these kids' asses.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Kemen tries to convince his father to convince the queen not to send ships to aid Middle-earth. He explains that there's more, uh, Fairzone explains to him that there's more to gain by going than not. Uh, and yes, I, I don't know that I like Ferrazan. I still think he's an opportunist and he's conniving and kind of a shit and, and self-interested, you know, he's what I would describe as not good because he's not here to help. Uh, he's here to gain the wealth of Middle Earth for himself, essentially. Um, yeah, but I, I do I, enjoy watching him do it.
1: Yeah, I like this dude. I think he's cool, though. I did wonder if he was like genuinely good, you know, like, hey, I, I fought the political fight and the queen wants to do this way. And now I'm full and I'm, I'm, I'm legally on board with this. Uh, It turns out that he's just waiting for the tide to turn. And ultimately he sees how this can help them. Like, oh, look at this map. Look at all the ore. Look at all the woods. And we're gonna have a king that owes it all to us. Like mm-hmm. this is gonna this just just wait, kid. This is gonna be good for us. Um, to the extent that I'm actually not sure if his boy didn't do this act of terrorism just on his own steam.
0: Oh, it's totally to impress a girl. Like literally, he's committing acts of terrorism to impress a girl. Seriously? Because like, it's so you don't think there's, Arian, right? it's possible?
1: Farazone's putting up to it on the sly. Oh, oh, because like. But then again, he might, he might be. Time? So he's saying like, okay, I really want to do this, mm-hmm. but I also, I don't want to do this, but I, it, the political, the tide's not right. And also we can have these wins if we, we do this. And is, is his son providing the change? He's, he's forcing the tide to change essentially. Because after this, that's, this was, is was the pretext that Farazone uses to kind of like go back to the queen and like, perhaps we've been too tasty with this and we need to, you know, have another discussion and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. I view that as a reaction to what had happened um it it kind of shook him a little bit saying okay well maybe we don't have enough support but but
1: i'm surprised his son would go and try to blow this boat up after he just said look how this would affect like if we do this and pull it off look how well it will affect us but if you're saying right. this guy did it just to impress an arian an what's her name erian yeah erian because his brother's an Ar- this is a nightmare
0: i know um I know. uh yeah i i that's wow that's my read. He's wow. so desperate to get laid that he's willing to commit acts of terrorism. And it probably wouldn't be the first time. I mean, I saw For All Mankind season three. Mm, I came pretty, yeah. close, pretty close to that, too. And I, it was believable. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's my read. And it, he's very kind. Of, at the end, he said,
1: look, trust me, son. At the end of this, the elves will be taking orders from us. Um, bold statement. We'll that's see dark, how it plays too. out.
0: I'm. I'm not a fan, really, of anybody taking orders from anybody. But yeah, that's just anarchy. Jim, 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 hardcore <laughs> for anarchist. That's where that logically leaves <laughs> leads. Sure, <laughs> we got a lot of rings of power to ponder. We'll be right back after this short break. And now let's dig a little deeper on dug too deep. Uh, All right. Muriel's father has a rare lucid moment, which he uses to tell her to warn her not to go to Middle Earth because all that awaits her there is darkness. And this is where I'm like, okay, she's now getting bad omens left and right, um, especially when Mm -hmm. the ships are going to be blown up. She's going to have a real hard decision to make again. And she just never has to make that decision, I guess. Well, what does he mean? Cause like, yeah, I'm kind of with her. Like I thought he would want
1: this. This is something that, you right. know, it's like, yeah, there's darkness there. That's why we're going old man, you know, mm-hmm. not for the gumdrop trees and the lollipop guild. We're going to fight the darkness.
0: Yeah. I wonder if this is like a father connecting with daughter and being worried for her safety and not the man who sees the future as reconnecting with the elves going, this is the action you need to take. Like Numenor uh, can take an action. Yeah. But does the queen need to be directly personally involved? Mm. I wonder if that's what he's getting at. But it's hard to say, right? Because like he's just snapping out of whatever uh, fugue kind of state he's in here. And then I don't know where where his mind's at. You know,
1: I'm not sure if he's a senile or he's like portrayed as being staring into the Palantir a little too long. I noticed his name is also his, his name is Al Palantir, too.
0: Yeah, that was interesting. Named after
1: the seeing stone. But like, I, I thought his brain was just gone from seeing all these crazy visions. Um, Could be. But then again, like, why would you take anything this guy has to say seriously? You know, mm-hmm. like if he woke up and said, I want a tuna sandwich, you know, it's like, okay. And if he says, ah, the darkness, like I, you, you've been, you know, confined to your bed raving for God knows how many years.
0: yeah. But I get it. I, yeah, I, it's it's I, definitely
1: a poor. It definitely give you pause if you're a, a warrior queen and this is your this is your
0: dad and and the first lucid moment he gets, he's like you're heading into darkness. Right, right. And then calls you by name. All this stuff. Yeah, I'm. I would take pause. All right, let's go over to Meteor Meteor Man doing something weird. I a lot of this stuff I don't know how to describe because I don't know what's happening. He's doing something weird in a. Pool of water with freezing it, and his arm, and Nori tries to interfere and gets blasted, and she's kind of scared of him now. It seems like whatever he did healed his hand, though. Did you notice that? I think so. Yeah.
1: Um, I wonder if there's there's any because, like, I I wonder if because, like, yeah, because like um, you know, Gandalf said that he's a servant of the Sacred Fire. Um, they're like the the this this fire is closely associated with Aluvatar uh, or Rugula, as our lorehound boys mm-hmm. call him. But like also like the servants of Sauron are identified with fire too. Like Sauron is a burning eye in the Third Age. Uh, his chief mm-hmm. lieutenants are the Balrogs, and they're literally creatures of shadow and flame. So I was trying to think. It's like, well, is fire good and even ice is evil? Because that's like very uh, Game of Thrones, uh, mm-hmm. the other franchise. I don't know. I don't know because, like, you know, it's like it looks like it's evil, but if it's just him healing himself, then you know, Nori just got involved with shit and it and didn't. And like, also, I'm like, Jesus, is Nori gonna lose her hand? But yes. her hand's fine too. So I think mm-hmm. it just scared Nori. I don't know. I don't know. It's this is the thing. This is one of the things they're doing best in the show. Like, I literally gun the head.
0: Couldn't tell you whether this guy's evil or not. Yeah, no, it's a really good mystery that they've kept going for episodes now. Uh, I'm looking forward to learning more about him. Yeah. Let's go over to the elves trying to toast to their union with the dwarves. But the king asks a prying question to which Durin responds with a question of his own about the table that they're sitting at. And all this results in the table being gifted to the dwarves. Uh, maybe we can stop there for a moment. <laughs> How much did you enjoy this scene? It's Especially great. Especially Durin guy. when you find out
1: yeah no oh, it's it's so funny this Durin guy because I thought he was kind of legit and I'm like uh-huh. oh are they going to have some kind of thing where the elves have been secretly pillaging the dwarves and you know the way Gilgalad kind of stiffened and said oh I'm sorry we'll give it to you as a gift and uh, it's really funny on second watch to see, and I just love this guy. I love his nose, I love his red hair, I love his bristly little mustache, I love his mm-hmm. giant beard, I love the twinkle in his eye when he's doing all this shit, and Gilgalad tries to figure out his mithril deal, and then he he's not he's also not anyone's dummy. You know, he's mm-hmm. kind of been like the comic relief and a little buffoonish, because you know, especially in you know comparison to his wife who's kind of running him around. But like here he's standing up against an, the the high king of the elves toe to toe. Uh, and he's like, oh, well, you want to know about our furnaces and all that. Let me ask you about why you're shipping all your warriors off and why you're expanding all your cities so fast. Like you guys don't do anything this fast. What's up? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's great. I thought it was a great scene. Good political gamesmanship here.
0: Yeah. And great comedy uh, after the fact. So mm-hmm. really enjoyed that stuff. I One thing I noticed in that scene is when. Durin talks about the table. He puts his hand down on it, like his fingers spread. There's a close up of it. And you can see he has gold on his fingers. Yeah. Am I, uh, am I supposed to notice that? And what does it mean? I noticed that
1: um, when Disa was all dialed, dolled up for her stone singing, that she has this gold paint on her fingertips and her, I think it's like, um, I just think it's a, a makeup affectation the elves have. Like he's, okay. they're, they're kind of like glammed up a little bit.
0: Kind of thing yeah
1: he's going there to meet with the king and he's got his beard combed out and he's got his uh, fingernails painted uh, uh, burnished gold yeah
0: wants to look good alright uh, nice little detail though I like that
1: and also I wonder if you are also understand that they, they work so much of the precious metals that it's kind of like yeah. there's like an accountant's fingers are stained with ink they just Could have we? like gold that just, just you're imbued with gold they just spend so much time working this precious metal but I like it. That I, it it, it adds a hazard it makes it gives a little yeah i don't know it gives a little bit of regality like what does a king of the dwarves look like he looks like a dwarf, like a regular dwarf with a little gold on him you
0: know sure D- do the do the lesser dwarves the 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 ones who have less stature in their society have like limestone on their fingers what <laughs> it's just like <laughs> yeah depending on yeah. what you have on your fingers that's how uh i don't know
1: yeah, see what Revere that's the that's where the expression of what dirt you got under your fingernails, you know, if right. it's limestone, you're right. poor, if it's gold, you're rich, if it's like silver, kind of in between, and if you're like mithril, you're rich, rich. Oh, yeah, oh, you're yeah. rich, rich. Oh, you got mithril on your fingernail? Oh, okay, you got
0: that mithril money, okay,
1: yeah, okay, yeah,
0: trust, trust fund dwarf over here. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the second part of this scene, which is after. Um, all of that, the truth comes out about why the king sent Elrond to Kazakh Doom. Uh And it turns out it's to find out if they had the ore that could help restore the elven light which is currently fading. And Elrond refuses to reveal whether the dwarves have found Mithril. Uh, I, here's where I start to have a hard time with this stuff. So I like I, I like all of the intrigue and, you know, uh, the the king here trying to figure out if you know, a, a, like revealing, yes, I sent you there for this reason. And B, uh, it's important. It's very important, right? And this idea of like, are you going to betray your oath or, or keep your oath in the face of this dying hope and the fact that it might kill all of your people and not just your people, but all peoples, as he says. Um, and it's a, it's a big decision moment for Elrond. I think some of the problems just come with The logistics of this and the the execution of it because I find it really hard to believe that a king who is very adept with politics and with lies could not say, could, could not just believe that because Elrond won't reveal won't answer the question they must have found Mithril, right? There would be no oath to keep if they had not found Mithril
1: well, it could be something no, other.
0: They didn't find anything. What are you talking about?
1: Well, it I could hope, be that know. there is the dwarfs are doing something, but it doesn't involve mithril, right? They've got some other kind of super secret power project that, okay. you know, but it's not mithril. I, I cause like the I first suppose. time I watched that too. And then I, to be fair, uh, Jack came out and watched the episode with me on a second time. And he said the exact same thing. He's like, well, duh, if, if you know, the way this is, is like obvious. And I had to think about yeah. it and I'm like, the only way is like it's like, uh, you know, if you say, you know, is the U.S. government working on a top secret new nuclear bomb and you're like, hey, I took an oath that I wouldn't reveal the United States secrets and actually we're working on a hypersonic underwater torpedo. Mm hmm. I think you could work like that. The the thing I think people fixate on is because all we know, we know the dwarves are working on mithril. He's asking about the mithril. So in our heads, it works that way. But like, you know, the dwarves are this. Yeah. So it's like, I I think we're kind of like target fixated a bit. But, you know, to the the extent that like two different audience members had the same kind of misconception, maybe (laughs) they could have done a little bit. They could have played this a little bit. But also like elves, I don't think are especially good at, Like, I don't think Elrond, he's more of a Ned, you know, all these guys are more like a Ned Stark types. Like they have a very hard time dwelling in the shades of gray is
0: my interpretation of it. Gotcha. No, that makes a certain amount of sense. It's not the only problem I had with this. um, So I'm glad you could clear that up. But I will get to another bigger problem, in my opinion. Um, But I I like this, right? What if keeping a promise ensured your doom? And what if it ensured the doom of not just you, but everyone? Right, uh, Like, how committed to your principles are you? Would Duran even want you to keep that secret?
1: and like, kind of if, we find if, we kind of find out the answer that by the end of the yeah. episode, at least from Duran Jr's perspective, he's inclined to give up this massive amount of power and value just to save his friend and uh-huh. the race he hails from, which I thought was speaks well of him.
0: yeah, it's amazing what a lifeline for the elves that Elrond is here, right? Because right without his relationship with Durin, I don't think they get this done. Uh, but no, I, I, but like, yeah, like, I, I think they're coded as kind of like just
1: kind of haughty and and shitty. And there's a couple of them, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh Gladrail and uh, Legolas, and those that's like, have like get grudging respect, be, um, because of their life experiences and blah blah blah. But like, all in all, like, I've never thought that they were very appealing, you know, they're like the Jedi from the prequels, you know. It's like, yeah. I kind of want to like yeah. you. You're supposed to be cool and you're d- d- fighting on
0: the side of good, but you're kind of just assholes. So up your own ass. I can't, I can't go along with anything you say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, what'd you think about the, the song of
1: the roots of oh, what, uh Whatever. What this is the legend uh, of how Mithril got started in the middle earth. I
0: like it. Yeah. I think it's cool. Um, It's, it's got a very like, old gods feel to it to me. It's it's you know, stuff from our our other mythologies. I know Tolkien That's has the, a mythology of his own. So yeah.
1: and, and plus it's got that like hardcore rock uh heavy metal album cover aesthetic yeah, like that I've really been missing mm. from the first episode or two. Yeah. Totally. Like it's it's we've, been we've shifted out House the
0: Dragon, not so much here. Uh yeah, yeah this was much much more like uh a mega death cover, yeah.
1: I thought that was so fucking cool where like you got the elf imbuing the tree with power and holding up a shield as the the Balrogs coming down at the whip and then the lightning and it just like (laughs) it just turns the tree and is this white flame that shoots deep down into the mountains. It's yeah, it's super cool.
0: Every time I see more Lord of the Rings um, or Tolkien fiction, I think, yeah, I, I get why Led Zeppelin was singing about this. Yeah. Um I get why El-ron, heavy metal guys could be into this shit,
1: right? Oh, 100%. Um I really like this speech between Elrond and Gilgalad where, you know, again, I, I don't know if I like Gilgalad very much, but I think this thought he had on hope was a real uh was really insightful cuz Elrond's like, you know, I take my vow seriously. I'm not going to throw it away on mere hope. And Gilgalad says hope is never mere even when it's meager. When all the sense of sleep, hope is the last eye open and the
0: last one to shut. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, yeah. And I think these actors are killing it. The The less they, they do, the more I feel it.
1: Um, yep. They're letting their ears speak for themselves in the case of right. <laughs> yeah. Eeyore here uh, uh, at Elrond. But I... Uh, yeah and I, the only thing is, like i think that the it seems like the elves sin as ever is pride because what Gilgalad says is like you know if the elves are forced to abandon middle earth the place is going to go to shit mm-hmm. and i think that they're like but i think it has more to do with the elves fear of decline and remember the reason like from what i understand from the lore and from listen to the lore hounds is most of the elves that are here on middle earth Not because it's a better place to be, but because they kind of wanted to run shit and they couldn't run shit over in Valinor. Like even the mighty gotcha. of them are second bananas to the demigods walking around. So they can't they just they, they, they're like, I just want a place of my own to run. Mm-hmm. So like it's ambition and power that's keeping them here. And it's it's the pretext they're using to steal the wealth of. Well, I'm not going to say steal. They might give it to them, but like to extract the wealth from the, uh, the dwarves and use it for their own power. Because like, oh, man, if, if uh, what is Middle Earth even if not for elves? And yeah. I think that's. uh antithetical to Tolkien's message which is not to say that it's this is a this is heresy i'm saying that like the elves themselves are once again you know falling short of the mark of you know being godly
0: gotcha all right let's go back over to valandil and ontamo join in a night of revelry with those who are going on the expedition then age old sailing tradition the night before you ship out get pissed drunk and chase skirts
1: Mm-hmm. and or trousers if you're in that inclination
0: then Isildor shows up and of course he wants to ask a favor here although despite getting two free punches in on him valandil <laughs> still refuses to use his position to help him get a spot on the expo- expedition. <laughs> i love the line that felt like three it mm-hmm. looked like three man that dude was-
1: yeah good job Dwayne De Rock Jr. is uh, bringing the thunder on those. Like, I felt that that head and gut. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I like that. Like when he's up. like, I'll give you a free shot. And then when the guy starts like he I think in the back of his mind, he's like, oh, this will just show that I'm sincere. But he won't take it up. Take me up on it because he's my friend. And this dude's like bet. He comes over with a head of steam. He's like, wait, wait, wait. And then, and then the guy's negotiates. He's like three. He's like, no, two. And then, he, yeah, it's mm-hmm. this is
0: this, this, this was this was pretty funny. This is good. Um, I like his friends better than I like him. Is the, I do, um, too. I don't know if that's an unfortunate part or an intentional part, but
1: that's what I'm saying. They might it. be playing around with the idea that Isildur is a little entitled shit and maybe he can make good later on. But like fundamentally at his core, he is a little bit more about himself than his people and a little bit yeah. too vainglorious. And I, I even I thought it was fair, too, because like his friends punches him and be like, OK, this squares us for you fucking us over. Mm hmm but I'm not putting my name behind you because like I've, and you know, they've really sold yeah. that well that like, I can't recommend you for a duty that you might well abandon. And yeah. Isildur says, I'm not going to do it this time. Well, yeah, go, go beg go your father it. for the job. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Go prove it. Go live it for a while. And then we'll talk. I, I think, yeah, that, that made me like this guy even more. I did. Um, I, I thought I, that was super cool. I find it also hilarious that Isildur's horse is going on the voyage, but he's not. Yeah. Yeah, because Barrick wants to get away from you, you dick. <laughs> right. He's not going west with you. Forget it.
1: I think it's Barrick. I just that's from memory. I'm not because I, I remember wondering who the hell Barrick was and finding out it's a horse. But yeah, you're it could right. be Derek or I oh, assume is that's Isildur's
0: horse. I don't know. I yeah, that's just my assumption. Um, anyway, Kim sneaks on to one of the expedition boats to set it on fire. But while he's on board, he finds Isildur stow- stowing away Um. Isildur tries to stop him, but the ship blows up anyway, and Isildur has to pull Kemen out of the bay, saving his life. And then they lie about what happened to Elendil, but Iseldor gets credit for saving Kemen's life, which I think, which to me indirectly leads to him getting accepted on the expedition. It
1: seems like, what's his name? Kemen? His is that is the Pharaohs' K E M E N
0: K-E-M-E-N? Kemen.
1: Kemen. Honestly, it feels like Isildur and him are two peas in a pod. Yeah. Because they both won't let Well alone. They both won't listen to their father's long-term advice, and they're both pressing ahead and doing whatever the fuck they want. You know, for dubious reasons.
0: Um, yeah. Personality wise, sure. Ideologically, probably not aligned.
1: And like, I, I, I just wonder, like, what? Why? Why is this happening? Why? Why did he? Because I thought his his father said, this is good for us. It's going to be okay. You know, we'll wait mm-hmm. to see the tides turn. And now this guy seems like he's forcing the tides. You still think it's because the he's he's he wants to impress Acedore's sister?
0: To, sure, to steal a line from House of the Dragon, he's cunt struck by Arian, <laughs> <laughs>
1: quoting the poet, uh, the uh, 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 Knight Joffrey. of Kisses. Yeah, yeah. Joffrey. Uh, very I good. I think that's
0: what it is, but. I could be He's wrong. He's been. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I really love I, the, the moment where they're both trying to escape the boat. That's going to explode. And the dude with no experience on a boat gets hit with the swinging hook.
1: Yeah. It's a very, think, it's a Dr. Dr. Matron moment from Master yeah. and Commander. Like
0: you Isildur's. Isildur
1: Jodge out of the way. Yeah. He sees that tackle swinging towards him and uh, Kim and takes a full in the face. And <laughs> the other I really liked, um, the the look of pure resentment that Kimmon has that he has been saved by Iseldor and uh, mm-hmm. Iseldor knows his crime. And you think that like that might develop uh, in future, you know, in future episodes and seasons into some real kind of rivalry, because that's the other thing we don't have. We don't really have a real like rivalry. There's no personal animosity in any of the relationships that we've seen so far, except for maybe Adar, he's got <laughs> he's got an axe to grind, but we don't know exactly why or with who. Nobody else
0: has that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Duran had like a who are Durin Farazone's had... political rivals? Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, like long term stuff. Uh, yeah. I'm curious. I I don't know how much they'll interact in the future. You know, Uh, Sildor going off to Middle Earth, and I think Cemmon's staying behind. So, right, he might. Come, he might come back and just find you know his sister all shacked up with Kimmin and just be like, nah, this can't happen. Sure, this guy's a shit. Mm -hmm. I don't know, we'll see. Uh, they get two ships for the price of one here. Kimmin does he he Mm -hmm. blows up one and I guess it sends shrapnel, burning shrapnel over to another, which blows that up. And yeah, pretty effective. Yeah,
1: uh, old ships are made of nothing but wood and dry and and tar. (laughs) <laughs> wood, right. uh, wood, cordage, and tar—they're famously flammable. It's not not a good situation.
0: And they're, to- they're, they're uh, towing. Towing is not the word. Uh, in their holds are a bunch of uh, flammable liquids. Yeah, turpentine and gun gasoline. Gun what the shit?
1: Yeah. I-, I was expecting gunpowder, but like, I'm, I-, I was really wondering, like, what the hell are, are they going to be like shooting Greek fire when they finally go in the battle? I wonder. Oh, I thought because, that was yeah, like, like
0: rum or or. Some flammable alcohol for oh, them to
1: drink. It looked a lot more viscous than that, yeah. like a lamp oil or something.
0: You're right. So Maybe it was lamp
1: Middle oil. Middle uh, Numenorian napalm.
0: Uh, sure.
1: Napelnorium.
0: <laughs> so this boat explosion happens, and Farazon obviously gets word of it, and so he goes to the queen and suggests that they delay the voyage until they can convince more people it's right. And Gladriel still wants to go, of course. And the queen dismisses everyone until the morning so she can... I thought so she could think it over, um, but apparently it's just to get Halbrand's input. She wa- Yeah, and she, she wants to make sure
1: factor. because she's she's become aware that he might be shaky on this whole thing, and now that the tides, as Farazone says, might be turning, she wants to make damn sure that her butter, her bread is buttered on the right side.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I'm just really shocked we don't get a scene of her, like, contemplating what her father said and and the people not being with her and you know her own advisors saying maybe now is not the right time I I expected some kind of it'd be nice even to see like a moment. protest
1: outside the palace you know like there's like a be, people gathered tonight being like oh sorry, you know and like uh yeah it would have been it'd be nice
0: choice but they don't even show it she just makes a choice off screen and boom they're off in triumphant yeah. music mode I I don't know. It Again, they're limited to eight episodes. They have to they have to move quick. Fair. Each one has been getting longer than the last. Have you seen that? I noticed this that too. Like this was like seventy, total. yeah, seventy three minutes. Uh, all right, let's go over to back to Elrond. He has apparently like Celebrimbor in on the Mithril secret so that he can analyze it. it Seems like the stuff's legit. And Celebrimbor stresses how important it is to the salvation of the elves. Here is where I have huge problems. With this plot line, they so so he gets this mithril back from Celebrimbor, who says, yeah, it's it's the real deal. And he says, so now our people are doomed unless I break an oath and betray a friend. Wait, how has he not already broken his oath by showing the mithril to Celebrimbor? Is an oath not broken until the person you pledged it to finds out that you've broken it? Because that's not how I understand oaths to work. Maybe Tolkien has different ideas. The only thing I think of is he he did the classic
1: What? Uh, hey, if I tell you something, Celebrimbor, you gotta promise you'll never tell anybody else. Sure. That's the only because that's cause, also cause not you're how right. oaths work. <laughs> yeah. No, I was I I actually kind of gasped the first time I saw that uh, Celebrimbor had the piece of that mithril on him and was was testing it. So well, I and the, the fact that they to need say, oh, they need no, vast my
0: oath. But yeah. he says, now I have a decision whether I have to break my oath and betray a friend. That's no, you've made that decision already. The episode yeah. just seems to not acknowledge that the oath is already broken. Maybe I he was on the ta- he thought on the
1: table is like just stealing it or taking it by force, and he's going to ask. Um, that, no, that, that, you're right, that is a little writing. sloppy. This is
0: walking dead level bad writing. Uh, I don't know about that yeah this is stuff that I would rip into the walking dead for in no uncertain terms and I have to do the same here because he has already broken his oath the episode is just not acknowledging that they've shown us one thing they've told us another the two things don't line up this is walking dead level writing it's bad all right. Well, if they do it for nine,
1: 11 more seasons. We'll, we'll fair, see. But, fair. Uh, like,
0: yes, I, I can forgive it once. It won't cause me to not watch the show next week. But I, I will say that
1: there's an, here, OK. Why we're bitching. I don't know about every fucking week having to hear about the uh, Elron's awesome father and how he's just like him and how he's in the exact same position he is. And he's in a singular position to help and like, oh, OK, I get it. I get it. But on the other hand, <laughs> sure. Elrond's dad was a badass. He is like the George Washington of the elves I guess and kind of men too because uh, he's also the great granddaddy of all the, the awesome Numenoreans so it's not that unthinkable and forgivable but it just I don't there's something about mm. the way they both have this kind of smug nostalgic look on their face and the music gets a little syrupy and you know it's like oh Elrond my boy and I don't know that, that's uh, that's I feel like I'm just bitching the bitch.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, I got plenty of that.
1: You don't need to force it. There's a lot more rings of power to ponder. We'll be back right after this short break. And now let's dig a little deeper on Dug too deep. Um, why, is there, why are they convinced that the Mithril is their only salvation? I guess because it does have the last light of the Simmerils. I'm curious what John makes of that. Uh, the fact that there's this lost Cimmeril and the fact that there's still some of its power left. But they need vast quantities of it. Um, why? Do,
0: like Do how, I know from this show what a Simmeril is? Or should I know uh, what a Cimmeril is I from thought they explained
1: show? that these were crystals that captured the last light of the trees. Okay. There, the, these, these, the, these are that it, that one it's that tough uh, because because so talked or, about how he was jealous that uh, Fionor, is that the guy that made him uh, made something so beautiful that even made Morgoth kind of like think about repenting his ways and he wants to do something with that much impact and okay, but yeah, I don't know because I know it. I read the Silmarillion, still right. I've heard my friends
0: talk about it all the time, so I don't know if
1: yeah but, but it's my understanding were these were the I think three crystals wrought to capture the light of the, the trees and once the trees died it was, it was like the, the most precious thing yeah like the elves are kind of like addicted they're not addicted but like psychologically dependent on this light and that's like you know they they, they they were they were so cuffed so then when Morgoth stole it that's what you know made them disobey the gods and go to Middle Earth and wage the war and Brought ultimately so much dishonor and sorrow to the elves, but uh, Hmm. yeah, all right. Um, But it's my understanding that they weren't lost, and that they certainly didn't get reabsorbed into some kind of tree. But I, I feel like it's enough lore adjacent that I didn't have a real problem with it.
0: Gotcha. No, it's probably explained, I, I, but I do
1: not know like what they mean. Like, why do they need a vast quantity? Like, can you give each elf a similar like like a, a, a mithril ring? Do they need to have like a full mithril suit of armor? Do they just need to have like a mithril pocket watch to they carry in their pocket? Like can what grind it down and snort it?
0: I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I almost made a joke about Celebrimbor, you know, like like snorting a bit of the Mithril and be like, this is tight, <laughs> yeah, tight, tight. You know, tight, it's tight, like, tight, did, yeah. yeah, did you have a chance to test it? Oh, it's 99.1% pure, my boy. Uh, give me 50 kilograms yeah. of this next week and we'll talk. Um, but yeah, like how much do you need to saturate every elf in the light of the Valinor once more? Yeah. Um, and and man, that's a big ass from the dwarves. Jesus, they had their own plans for it, man.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, let's go over to Galadriel trying once again to convince Halbrin to fight with her and thereby find peace through his own redemption. We're not sure if it worked in this scene, but it's a hell of a speech. I like this stuff quite a bit. Um,
1: Big mystery. Well, we, we've I've known this about Halbrin, but like, yeah, what the hell was he doing on a boat? He was kind of a shifty guy. He left all those people to die.
0: Yeah, and he admits here that the things he's done would not be easily forgiven by yeah worse than North leaving Earth.
1: all your floating companions to a certain death um mm-hmm. i thought it's funny that to me it looked like Halbrand is sweeping up the intro sequence <laughs> <laughs> okay. like right after the the rings of power show it's like then the broom comes and sweeps because like it's sweeping up this kind of gold dust from the from the shop floor
0: i just couldn't uh, get over how bad those medieval fantasy brooms are mm. like the, the bristles are so far apart i feel like you're not just- yeah
1: Numenorians can make a fine sword uh awesome saddle peerless mm-hmm. ships but their brooms lag way beyond elf technology oh my god
0: yeah elves have those push brooms oh yeah Kelebrim- Celebrimbor
1: can make you a broom that would sweep the finest floor just one sweep you don't even have to go back sweep and do the another all one the-
0: mithril dust he's been snorting
1: don't even need a dustpan. they just like the 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 Mm brooms just hold the dust in them you know yeah sounds like
0: some harry potter stuff that's the elves sounds like some harry potter stuff (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah there's questions about what halbrin did uh i wonder if it was like active or passive was it more like oh he led the people to sort of bend the knee to whatever uh, evil force came before Adar and after Sauron here or during Sauron's yeah. reign. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's um, a good point. You wonder about like, you know, how active because like I, I've noticed something in a lot of fiction, probably real life too, that like selfish people tend to minimize their contributions to their own woes where like selfless people tend to like maximize like, you know, uh, yeah. uh, or I guess good and evil. Like a good person will like... um take something hard 10 times worse or make it seem like 10, whereas an evil person will just like, oh, that wasn't that bad. And, you know, uh, so like, I, yeah, yeah, like, what did he do? And is it like really terrible or does he only just feel like, yeah, yeah, what what did he do?
0: Yeah, and I when Galadriel denies that revenge or vengeance for her brother is why she's doing all of this I think I agree with that. It's borderline here. It's close because she took up his quest and I think like that's her real motivation, but mm. it gets blurry around the edges when your brother is killed in battle um, and you take up his quest. How much of this is for the quest's sake and how much of this is for vengeance I wonder if well, yeah, play she denies his vengeance, but like
1: I can't stop it until I've killed all the evil, and that's the only way I'll get peace. Like, okay, so vengeance then? No, no, well, no, no. You don't his, understand. That was his
0: initial quest, so mm-hmm. it could just be like taking up his quest, right? Because it's the right thing to do, eliminating all traces of Sauron. Yeah, it's. Oh, blurry. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, the quest. I think like his quest for vengeance for his death is slightly different, but not much. And it, it gets blurry, and I think maybe the episodes will play with that a little bit as we gotcha. move on. Um, and, and she hands this... him his sack back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I like how, you know, heard the words of her uh, brother, F- Finrod, I think is his name, uh, come mm-hmm. back here sometimes to find the light. Must first, no, it's Lyndon. It's Lyndon, yeah. Oh, right, of course. I got that wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because Halbrand here had to do some bad things to realize how bad the things he was doing were and actually change his heart, which I think is yeah. currently happening. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. I like it thematically. Um, also, I, I think there's some, some evidence here that it was true that Elrond and the king conspired to sideline her... By sending her to, to Valinor, it wasn't just necessarily like she deserves this. It was more like, oh we yeah, need to get her I, I out thought of here because they, they kind of cleared that up a few episodes. I, ago. I, I thought
1: Gilgalad kind of like said that's as as much as true, yeah. That like, hey, you know, she's actually about bringing about, and then now we know what he's talking about. The yes. fact that uh, this tree is, rotting. you know, this this tree is rotting conveniently from the back to the front, so that no one in the courtyard can actually <laughs> see it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah i wish i only aged on my backside that'd be nice you know yeah (laughs) but uh you should see my ass i got the ass of a 90 year old but my face it's uh looks (laughs) 30 at best at worst uh Yep. but, but they, they, yeah so like you can see I, I understand that like this desk like this is a you know a holy tree that the elves have it's like with the descendants of these great trees these trees of light that they love so much and it's sickening and dying oh my god mm-hmm. um i don't I, I i don't know and it's this is probably part of uh, Tolkien's soft magic system they might not explain it but i don't know why the elves know that they're connected like why do they think if the tree dies that they're going to die are they gotcha. like literally connected are they all kind of like getting a little sick? Doesn't seem like it, but they're like, we got to get this yeah. finished by next spring, which also is why Caleb mm-hmm. Brimboard needs to get this thing
0: done. Yes. We now
1: know like why it's got such a, a, you know, the foot on the gas on this project.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, all that seems crazy to me. Maybe we can talk about it when we get to the next, uh, through the next couple scenes here, but. First, let's go over to Waldrig pledging himself to Adar, who he thinks is Sauron, uh, and Adar tests him by having him kill Rowan, which is Theo's friend. Uh, another WWE-style choke chokeslam uh, when he gets
1: the Sauron part wrong. So this is a fascinating thing. Mm-hmm. This guy is using the servants of Sauron, but he hates Sauron. It's almost mm. like a Saruman-type deal where... He hates Sauron. Yeah, does he? Although Saruman was totally in league with Sauron by the time he starts making orcs and shit, but like that right. is a big plot thickens moment for me.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm curious how it's gonna play out.
1: As it goes back to I think a strengthens the theory that John and David had about this Adar figure being one of those uh, um, elves that were kidnapped and maybe tortured by uh, Sauron and or Morgoth. Um. And then were released, but the elves, because they would had this taint on them, they couldn't trust them, so mm-hmm. they were kind of driven out of pl- uh, out
0: of elf society. So he kind of hates everybody. He's just on yeah. his own side. Yeah, I really like that theory a lot, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. It's feeling more and more likely as we see more. Uh, when we go, um, when we go back over to Theo here. He questions why arendir is staying to fight with him, and then. Erendir gives a speech so rousing that Theo decides to show him the hilt he found, and apparently it's key to some kind of evil. And when Bronwyn finds this out, she completely changes her tune. She wants to go pledge her life to Adar. She says everyone should come with me. We're doomed. Then the orcs start marching toward the tower. What the fuck happened to Bronwyn, man? I think I, you're supposed to understand this, this is blade is is uh, but I, I didn't Erendir... Uh,
1: pretty much spell out that this sword is something that binds particularly your people's heart to it Like, so Waldron might not even be a bad guy It's like he happened to dig up this thing in the field and it like just
0: corrupts him on sight so t- take it and run with it and, and bury it somewhere else you don't have to go pledge your life to Adar and, and when you do, what happens to the hilt? You're just going to give it to him? You're going to bring well, about the that's evil the thing, that you're like- so worried about corrupting you?
1: That's the thing. It's like her speech was half assed because she was just half hearted. So she was already halfway to bowing <laughs> towards the enemy okay. anyway. So this just took. The, um, so yeah. like, so I, I mentioned that I thought it was wild that Ostirith uh, looked ruined after the elves had just abandoned it like a few weeks ago. Like, man, this thing went to shit fast. I think there's sort of, you're, you're supposed to imply that this is like the inverse of like a um, Amenas Morgul where that famously was this one is towers of the uh, kingdom of Gondor that the witch King took over and then turned evil that this is the opposite. Like this is like a fortress of Morgoth that the elves had then turned into a, their own outpost because hmm. why else would it have a shrine to evil? Uh, right, that's right. whispering dark voices whenever you rip the vines off of it. <laughs> yeah, who was the um, elf that made
0: that the elf architect that made that decision. It course, looked like there's a dark, the dark
1: lord stabbing the sword either into the ground or something. Do you did you think that dark lord looked a little Sauron-ish in his
0: shape? Um, I, I'm not sure. I just saw that a person was being stabbed, though. Is the thing? Oh, like, that's really? was being plunged into I, what I think is a person. Yeah.
1: Oh, huh, okay, okay. I didn't
0: see the dark lord. I only saw the person being stabbed.
1: Gotcha. No, I thought there was definitely some of that, somebody plunging it in, but... Uh, okay. Now, this is like, again, I did, I'm, as far as I know, we're pretty far off the map in, in genuine Tolkien lore. So, gotcha. you know, I'm curious to see where they're going with this.
0: So, I, I have to comment on Aaron Deer's, um speech to okay. Theo. I think this is the most successful speech the show has done yet. Hmm. Because without saying it, he's saying... You are the people worth fighting for. And I and I think like and you specifically, Theo, because you are good, are the one who's worth fighting <laughs> now for. that then, I just love how gracefully they say that. And
1: now that half of the sh- the, the the half of you that are shitters have left, doubly uh-huh. so you guys, what's left is is <laughs> exactly. the cream of the crop. Because yeah.
0: you stayed, I will fight with you. That's why.
1: Like churn your asses in the butter and make something out of you. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And that's like, it's a I, I like that. Like, you're right. It's like, you know, he's trying to uh, puff this kid up. It's like, oh, wow, you're as brave at 14 as I was at 200. Um, and, you know, okay. like, yes, I've been counting every whisper and sharp kitchen knife. But that means I know the voices and hands behind them all the better. And I, mm-hmm. you know, well, know half of us people. left. Half of you stayed. Yeah, like it, I, Yeah. I know
0: you're good and you're worth fighting for. That's yeah, that's a great speech
1: yeah it's it's got shades of like aaron or aragorn's this is a good this is a good blade you know where he told that teenage kid that was shitting his pants about the battle of helms deep that you know he's just given mm, giving him a little I bit don't. of tips and a little bit of archer oh there's a scene where you know aragorn just after he's kind of given to despair uh, he sees this kid with this like rusty blade and he grabs it and he gives it a couple Aragorn swings and stuff. He's like, yeah, this is a pretty good sword and hmm. it's going to take care of you. Um, this is gotcha. a better, ver- I think like a, a more personal version of that, but I think the kid soaked it up, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's giving him confidence, inspiring him. All right, let's go to Elrond apologizing to Durin for accidentally being sent to spy on the dwarves. And he explains that the fate of the entire race of elves is in Durin's hands, which pleases Durin very much. But they still have to convince Daddy Durin to help the elves. And in the background, we see the king watching all this. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, we've already talked about most of this. The the table's funny. Uh, like I said, I love this guy. Oh, and they like, when he jumps up and he jumps up on a rock so he can look uh, Elrond right in the eye and he's like, all right, no more quail sauce. Give me the meat and give it to me raw. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's what she said. Oh my uh, God. Walked right mm-hmm. into that one, Durin.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I love this scene, but I, I'm trying to figure out like, boy, boy, these elves are going to dwindle fast without that light. They're gone, huh? Guess what? Yeah, they got nothing by
1: spring. They're going to go bad by spring. They got uh, the same shelf life as Frosty the
0: Snowman. (laughs) Or maybe they'll start dwindling. (laughs) They're going to melt away. Also, how does abandoning the shores stop that? Because he he spells out another option. We could abandon the shores or we can dwindle into nothing without this light.
1: So if they go west to the undying lands as it is, uh, you know, but as you can guess from the name undying lands and, and again it's not that you live forever here it's just that elves who do live forever anyway won't decline like any decay or sickness you have will be cured and so the elves could live in bliss and, immort- and immortality until the ending of the whole earth uh, and you over could in just go there at any time yeah that's what I'm saying it's kind of why don't of do that <laughs> Again, I, I, this is, this is the thing hard for me to square with Tolkien's ethos is because most of the elves that are over here are doing it for what seems like vainglorious reasons. Okay. Like, right. Just uh, you know, the whole, like, it's better to rule in hell than to serve in heaven. Like, that's sure. literally, I think, Galadriel's whole deal. Pond. Yeah. Yeah. That kind yeah. Of yeah. That's not a great reason. Especially, like, are you going to no. beggar an entire king? But like, but the thing is that the elves also have this thing is like, well, if we abandon Middle Earth, it's going to go to shit, too. Like, what sure, happens? Right. So we're helping, them, you know. Right. But, like, I don't know that that's literally true because, mm-hmm. like, I and who knows what Eru's plan? like it seems like his plan was for men to eventually the dominion of men to eventually take over because that's what happens. Um, yeah. so, I don't know. I think i I'm very fascinated to know, and and i'm I'm open to like deep down elves kind of being dicks and having dickish <laughs> reasons to do things. i don't I don't mind that, but yeah, more el-
0: purists might might be might be angry at that. I definitely have questions about the gods and their motivations and why they allow evil things like that to happen. Um That I'm going to be discussing oh, wow. with John over Man. on the Lorehounds. Good. A bit.
1: Uh, uh, that's. I'm sure. I'm sure he's got those. Those. Those questions. You know the uh, the the problem. E- evil. The yeah, the paradox ex- of evil.
0: He seemed to be excited about talking what uh, Tolkien's opinion on that stuff was and gotcha and his ethos for that, but. Yeah, let's um, go over to Halbrand. uh, Summoned to the Queen's Queen Regents Council. He chooses to back Galadriel's play, and I guess that's a decision made, because everybody then boards the boats to great fanfare with hero shots for everyone, hero shots for everything and everywhere. Isildur has made the stable boy. Um, I, I, I was so caught up in wait, wait, I thought the Queen had a decision to make that I, I kind of lost track of this scene the first time I watched it. And then the second time, I'm like, I'm, ju- I'm just not a romantic. I'm just not a romantic. And mm. I've known this about myself for a long time because these grand epic moments do almost nothing for me. Like, characters boarding a boat with incredible music playing and huge visuals going off on an epic quest does almost nothing for me. Whereas a, a single line, a single look but shared between two people can move me nearly to tears. And it... it I appreciate what those about, small gestures way better than grand sweeping emotion. Let me ask you this Return
1: to the King, Theoden riding, you know, giving his speech about, you know, ride with me, ride now the
0: Red Death. And he goes and slaps everybody's spear this way. You don't, you don't, nothing, it's, nothing. It's strong. I mean, there are definitely okay. occasions, yeah, where I'm, I'm, can get into this kind of stuff. But this one, it doesn't feel, this one didn't, didn't feel, one didn't feel earned
1: me. because, like, I, like, I again, I want to it. see what this, this speech was because all of Numenor's on board like there's not even a packet of resistance right? to be seen uh which kind of surprised me i also was surprised at how Rohirrim ro- like riders of Rohan all this armor looked yeah um
0: yeah, I, I mean it looks cool i,
1: I didn't know that the, know. Like, and maybe not maybe they're this is just like something that they're doing visually to kind of like tie into the old series again but like it is also possible that the Rohirrim are kind of some kind of archaic cadet branch of the Gondorians um, that kind of broke off in antiquity or something. I, uh, I, I, I don't know because it was shocking how much their, especially all their armor and the horse and the fact that they have like you know there are these horse people. Um, I thought I, because because you look at, um, I thought it was going to look a lot more Gondorian. You know, like mm-hmm. when you see the uh, Gondorian, especially the honor guard that you see guarding like Denethor. And they have these big kind of like, you know, the blue cloaks and the big silver helmets with the the wings on them. The, what what Isildur, yeah. I'm sorry, Ilindil's wearing. I mm-hmm. expect to look like that, but they're wearing a bunch of Rohirrim. Those like, conical caps with the horse tails coming out the top and the scale kind of like leaf looking armor. Like that looked very mm-hmm. Riders of Rohan. And Halbrin with the copper leather version looked like he could literally be Theoden's great, 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 great grandsire. Hmm. so ask yeah for for me ask John about like what the connection are between Numenorians and Rohirrim because I'm I'm getting some some visual connections there either uh, anyway gotcha and Isildur uh, looks like a dork in this armor
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and yeah, I couldn't tell if it. his sister was sad because he's there or sad because he looks like a dork
0: <laughs> I think she's oh Isildur
1: yeah. oh no look how cool our dad looks and you just need to look like you're wearing an upset armor three times your size, you know?
0: Yeah. Like he found dad's armor and put mm-hmm. it on. Uh, I i think she's sad because a, he's leaving to go on a, to a dangerous voyage, but also b she's not ideologically aligned with this. So she's like, what a betrayal, a family member going off on this, all Damn of her family full idealistic crusade anarians out
1: west wherever the hell that mm-hmm. is and and her brother and her dad are going off in the battle and she's here left to build buildings
0: and be seduced
1: by a terrorist <laughs> yeah um i have another question mm-hmm. where the fuck did gladriel get her armor did they just smith that
0: for her in the yeah, night yeah Halbrand. Halbrand made her
1: a set uh, set exact replica of her Elven armor with the stars of Fiona on it and <laughs> all that a stuff. Damn really? Good question.
0: I didn't even think about. it. Maybe they've got it left over from the time when the elves. Oh, they were, were elf friends. Yeah. Yes. You
1: know what? We got we got something from the last age, and it's it's. I think it'll fit you. Uh, uh-huh.
0: We've kept it yeah, nice and maybe. polished up.
1: Yeah, yeah. The other question I had is: Are we a hundred percent sure these ships will fit under this bridge? No. Nope. Nope. I <laughs> think. Looking- it's <laughs> really fun. I would love to see that shot continued because I'm yeah. guessing their masks are going to hit three or four foot. <laughs> I'm hoping there's some force
0: perspective that we're just not accounting maybe.
1: for. But or, or maybe, or it could be right. a drawbridge situation. The Numina, like, yeah, they got advanced drawbridges and stuff. But like, yeah, like not only too tall, but too. To, and also why the fuck would you set your sails and if you got to go through something that skinny anyway I think right. fully unfurl those sails and they're going to go forward 300 feet and have like you know at best a couple feet clearance all around I mean they're good sailors is all I'm saying I wouldn't be yeah. that confident I think I'd warp out uh, you know or have, have somebody like have someone row me out or something but you know they're, they're super confident in how they can sail I guess <laughs> and I that they say- can fit
0: underneath that stone bridge I have all these problems with this final scene, but I know a lot of people do not. I know this is a minority opinion. I think everybody was like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Let's do this at the end. no, of this Everybody looks
1: cool. I also wondered if shots, like, yeah, alone, they got three ships. They saw 500 men. Like our dudes just shoved into these ships. Or they know. scale down the expeditionary force to three. Cause I thought that might be a compromise sure. that like, all right, we're going to do the expedition, but now it's only three ships, 300 dudes. But like,
0: I, but you can't, no. you can't just put 200 extra dudes on the three ships and say, and call it good. You have to fit supplies on there. Yeah. You have to fit their armor, their horses. Like, right. There's so much shit that they have to bring with. Plus them. like Numenor's got more ships,
1: dude. Like if the queen wants to like, just like, okay, get two more out of the, the dock.
0: Fair. Yeah, they have
1: five ships for the whole kingdom. Like, no. So, like, why are we only doing three ships? I I thought that was yeah. I, that was weird. But I don't know. Sometimes showrunners, um they have go- they, especially when they're talking like logistics and military stuff, they clearly have no clue. So, but uh, I did seem look glorious, and it looked amazing. It, it it assuming the ships can fit on those bridges, them sailing off literally into the sunset was pretty glorious.
0: Yeah, uh, this is a huge fan service scene, and. If you are a fan, I yeah. feel like it doesn't, be doesn't stir the serviced. stone,
1: the stone hearted man across the mic from me. No. But uh, for everybody else, it's doing doing the giving the juice, the juice they seek.
0: Yeah. Uh, but that's it for the episode. Got anything else you want to talk about or?
1: What? Uh, one other thing about the easel being a, a dork and a dick. Um, <laughs> I thought that. It was a nice moment of his friends being like, oh, your daddy got you this fucking position again. And then to find out that he's yes, but he's also the stable boy and they laughing at him and and like Isildur kind of like good nature. Like that did a little bit to redeem his dickishness that like, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is pretty funny and I kind of deserve all this. Still think he's a massive dick and I don't like him, but like I'm now at a nine or eight or nine out of 10, instead of a nine or 10 out of 10 for hating him.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, that was a funny moment. I like that.
1: Uh, that'll do it for this episode. Then uh, of course you have until Monday, uh, then the lore hounds will come with their all out of sort assault on the lore. And they're going to be backed up by Jim over here. Um, and then I will be helping him out for the next two weeks. And then David will be back. Thank God to, uh, to, <laughs> to help these deep dives into the lore. Uh, if you'd like to send us feedback for us, and remember, we will have a lore corner uh, with the lore hounds on to kind of help us with the heavy lifting. Uh, send that in to DugToDeep deep at BaldMove.com. You can follow along with everything that BaldMove does at Twitter.com slash BaldMove. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate having you. Really appreciate you listening. And we'll see what happens next week on the Rings of Power. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.